Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I wanted to make sure that you were aware of how valuable you are to us and me here at Successful Diligence as a listener of the podcast. It means so much that you allow me to provide value through the podcast and that you listen and you show up and you invest your time. It means the world to me and I so appreciate it. One way that you can show your appreciation for the podcast, if you've gotten any value from anything we've ever said um, in Sode, is you can support us financially so that we can continue to provide the value that you've come to know from the Successful Diligence podcast. And it can be literally less than a cup of coffee a day, 99 cents per month. That's less than a dollar per month, all the way up to five, ten dollars, however much you want to give. But as little as a dollar, less than a dollar, 99 cents, that would make such a difference to us. You can go to the show notes and you can click the link where listener support is highlighted. Um, There's different links in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm backslash successful diligence backslash support and you can sign up there and literally it's one time per month 99 cents less than a cup of coffee and yet you would be having an impact on supporting this podcast to bring more value reach more people to have a greater impact in the world and we appreciate in advance any support that you're able to provide again anchor.fm slash successful diligence slash support or you can click the link in the show notes and show your support financially we appreciate it and we thank you in advance Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you're back for another episode. I never take it for granted that you come back to listen to the episodes. I know that I work to provide value and bring you incredible guests, and tonight is no different. I have a very special guest who I am super, super excited to introduce you to, and she's not like my typical guests and like the other interviews that I've been bringing to you this season. She is special because I am like her Instagram bestie that she never knew she had. (laughs) Rebecca Allen is on the show, and I found her on Instagram following her story as she was sort of coming into her own, and she shares her husband and her kids and her dogs and her life, and she was so transparent and honest and vulnerable that it was just really inspiring. And then as she's been on her journey, I said, you know, my listeners would get so much value from all that she's sharing and her story, so I had to bring her on. So Rebecca, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So excited to be here. Thank you so much. You are beyond happy to share. (laughs) You are such an amazing person, and I am just so excited for your story to get out there because I think that your story is our story. It's something that women go through men go through, people go through, we go through in life. And I just really want to highlight some of the things that you share because I know that my listeners are going through the same thing. So 
why don't you just to introduce yourself to the listeners, tell us anything you want to just to sort of introduce yourself and then I can get into asking questions and digging deep. Okay, great. Um, so I am 36 years old, married, I have two kids, dogs have that um, kind of that typical suburban life, live in uh, Southeast Pennsylvania. And uh, I started an Instagram account several years ago um, for accountability and just trying to look for community. And it really started out as like a person that ate keto along the way and just really couldn't stick with it because the problem wasn't the food. The problem was inside was like internal things that I needed to work on. And um, so I was always very transparent about sharing that. And eventually um, about 17 months ago, made the decision to get weight loss surgery eventually, or, you know, it was, it was time for that. And so I, I was very um, open and honest about documenting that and just kind of along the way, I share all about, you know, trauma, um, about uh, non-skill victories, about things that have majorly changed, how gratitude, you know, for small things that I didn't have before, for rediscovery of um, coming back into my own. Um, I really try to just, I'm really on the path to say, who was I ever supposed to be? How did I get here? And um, really uncovering why and how. and um, I'm determined to get there to find myself again. That is what I love. And I actually, when I, when I found you, I was doing keto as well. And keto just doesn't work for me because it was too restrictive. And I just, it didn't lead to good habits for me. And you know, Same. everybody, <laughs> things work different for everybody. So no hate on keto because it does work for some Not people. at all. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but totally. what I love is that, you know, when you had your surgery, you were, you, you documented your emotional journey through it all because as yeah. you were shedding the weight, you weren't just shedding weight, you were shedding sort of like Myself. the old layers of yourself. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What was that like to sort of watch yourself unfold before your own eyes? It was painful at times, really. Um, and uh, moments of surprise. I remember having, so first let me be very honest and say that I got up to 347 pounds, which is pretty heavy. Um, and then it was right when I was about to go under 300, I had such an emotional reaction. And I was like, I know that I shouldn't be sad, but it's like, I know I'm never going to see myself again for this person that I've like known for over a decade. I like for stayed around 328 pounds for so long. And it was like, I'm saying goodbye to this physical identity. And it wasn't like I was necessarily sad to lose that person because I knew that I was on this journey to get healthy and to get back to myself. But that person had been through so much and was so brave to endure all the things that she had gone through and done. And I really can't relate to that person now at all. Like in any way, even in saying it, like I hear myself saying that to you right now. And I'm like, how did I ever get to that size? Like, that's not me. That's not me at all. Like I, I am the absolute opposite of that person, which is fantastic in all the ways that I have grown in terms of um, emotional health and spiritual health and mental health. And then obviously physical health. But um, it was surprising because I didn't expect to have moments of sadness. I didn't have, I didn't expect um, to have to confront these voices of what I had been told years ago that led me to want to kind of eat, that led me to sort of dissociate from my body and say, um, you know, it, it, I, no one tells you that. I mean, they, they prepare you how to eat. They prepare you to lose a lot of weight, you know, to have some hair loss and things like that. 
um, you know, expect yourself to get healthy, but no one tells you how much hard work you put in and not just physically, but emotionally. And so I just wanted to be really honest with people about that. And, um, it was pleasurable at times too, because I could share my, like, I tied my own shoe today. I, um, I shopped in a regular section. I, um, I saw my face for the first time and recognized it as myself in many years. And my people that followed me, even if they had never been as heavy as me, they were like, I hear you girl. Like, I hear you like congratulations and good for you. And that support among the community, um, of other people that were VSG, but just people that I had had from a keto journey that were like, I've watched you work and work and work for four or five years. And that was amazing to have this support system that I never anticipated to have in my life of this, like, um, like just like yourself, where you make friends that are like, I'm so proud of you. And, and that's something that is unbelievably like, I don't know, it's nothing short of like a miracle to just meet people online. They're your biggest supporters and such kind, encouraging friends. And that was never expected either. Yeah, I always say that you never really know the impact that you can have until you have the courage to step out there. And one thing I love about your journey is that as you, because you were literally like before our Instagram eyes, unlayering and uncovering all of the stuff right? Not just the weight, but a lot of stuff. stuff. Yes. (laughs) And you were so honest about it. And you were like, you know, I'm feeling sad today and I'm feeling this. And, you know, when I look in the mirror, I don't recognize who I'm looking at. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to love myself and how to like my face. And you didn't mention that you have rosacea and, you know, I love the (laughs) the post that when you, when you're not wearing makeup and how, as you became healthier and as you are becoming healthier, your skin is changing, you glow from the inside out, and you're comfortable just showing up in the world as you. And oh, I think so often is- we don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, if there's one thing that I'm guilty of being is pretty, like, maybe even people would maybe say uncomfortably honest. Um, <laughs> because I don't really have uh, that filter where I'm like, I-, I always kind of feel like if you can step out and help someone, if you can share kind of that raw experience, like, that's what, when you, we go through hard things, other people have to be going through them too. And if I can share a lesson or whatnot, and that's, sometimes I wonder if I'm just a little too vulnerable in what I share because, but then I see people are watching it and maybe they don't comment or maybe they don't, you know, and then you do get some people that are like, I want to hear more about your trauma experience or what about this? What about that? And, um, but I think sometimes you're just planting seeds along the way to help other people or to give them the permission to um, look at themselves and think about those things too. So I really appreciate you saying that. And, um, yeah, I really feel like I'm into my own now. Like I'm at the point now and you and I kind of chatted a little bit about this before the, um, recording, but just saying like, I actually really like myself now. Now I'm having this weird part where I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, a hundred and to 110 pounds lost. And I'm like, I run, I jog, You know, I'm active five times a week, usually, you know, I hike and it's like, I like to dress myself differently. I'm having this really full, rich life. And I'm like, okay, but according to society, I'm still fat and, (laughs) and I'm not supposed to like myself, but I do. Now, what do I do with that? Well, and where does that message even come from? That story of you're not supposed to like yourself, even at 300 pounds, who told you you're not supposed to like yourself then? Now, yes, you're not healthy. And so physically you have to lose some weight if 
if that some people can function at 300 pounds and their their blood work and all that is fine you know i'm not a doctor absolutely absolutely but it's those stories I, that we believe it is those stories and i have been that's part of the work the deep hard work is going in there and and i kind of think of them as almost like landmines in a way where I never know that I'm going to step on something. Like, I don't see it coming. I don't know that this is going to go kaboom. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that really hurt because it'll be like, wow, I remembered somebody said something or this triggered something. It brought something up or I'm like, holy, I didn't expect to have to confront this today or that today. And I'm like, um, it is, it's a lot of people's crap that they've told. It's a lot of societies and it really is crap and junk that I just kind of said, you know what? Let me carry that for you. Let me accept that. Let me, let me, um, I'm reading this book right now and she's kind of like, you know, we inject some of these things under our skin or we allow people's words to sicken us and get us like ill from it. And I think that's what it is. It's almost like it, through like my osmosis, but like, you know, through just what was said and around me, the, the tone, even in my household of what makes a pretty woman what makes a attractive woman you know i was taught very much at a young age and um i had a brother that was older than me that had a lot of um like six years older than me so he had a lot of girls that were kind of developing and blossoming and peaking at like 15 16 17 where they're kind of coming into their own and they're they're looking really beautiful and i'm like 10 and i'm like i don't look like them and i think the comparison started for me at that age of, and and now like as an adult i can look back and say like first of all what business were you doing hanging around them second of all <laughs> you're in the awkward stage of all awkward stages of 10 or 11 like that's the right. worst stage if you were going to compare or anything and right. they're in their like peak stage and but i so i can't really say that you know, some of the things are the things that I thought that I told myself that I made judgments on myself. Um, but anyway, it's all that kind of uncovering right now of just like what it means to be a happy person, what it means to like yourself. And this body positivity movement that's been going on is so amazing. I mean, nobody ever said things like that to, you know, when I was in school of like body positivity or like you know it's a summer body you know it's a beach body anybody's a beach body anybody can wear a bikini like those things were not said um so it just I always felt like a second class citizen for it and I've, I've seen some people that are kind of like I saw this meme earlier this week that was like all overweight women are like dope women because they really work to like have a great personality they're super funny they're super giving like they do that because it's a way of, to be almost like a mask to be accepted. Like they had to overdevelop in some part because of their bodies. And I'm like, I think that is so, for me anyway, in my experience with a lot of women, it's very true. And then once you start to lose the weight and you come into that part of your body too, it's like, you know, you're allowed, it, like I don't have to lose everything, but it's like, I was a good person at any weight to your point. Like I had a great personality and a great, giving heart and all those things, but it was me that was rejecting myself. And now that I'm starting to see the physical aspects all line up. And I think that is what needs to happen is you have to have alignment or a cohesive um, among, you know, mental, emotional, and physical, uh, spiritual for all that wellness. And mine were never connected. They were like bifurcated or um, blocked from each other and bringing that into like almost a holistic um harmonious <laughs> uh, relationship with each other is really what is healing for me. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, I am acceptable. And I don't really care what anybody else has to say, because I never, 
I always let everyone else tell me if I was, and now I'm like, I'm the only one who gets to say that. And yeah, I take like that you're power defining back. yourself now. And right. I, you know, I, I take I, the power back. Exactly. You're empowered now and you are making the definition and you're educating other people about who you are and what is okay. And you're telling other people and showing up in truth and saying, take it or leave it. I want to go back to something though, because, um, and I can relate to this. I, I developed actually really early, but I think, you know, empathic people. And when you have a gift of, from God of bearing the burdens of others and you sort of absorb your environment and you absorb other people's stuff, energies, energy, their emotions, their troubles, you know, you're a great listener, all the things, but that takes a toll on you and it's called vicarious traumatization and it can become very toxic (laughs) and so there is actually the term for it um and it it can become very toxic and i know for me just like you did i internalized all of those stories and narratives and ideas and concepts that didn't belong to me and didn't come from god and didn't come from the truth about who i really am inside at the core And it took me years, just like yourself, to undo those layers of onions of myself and take off the layers. Absolutely. Almost like you're undressing. Remember that Friends episode when Joey puts on all of um, Chandler's closet, all the clothes? (laughs) (laughs) And it's almost like you're you're taking off the layers of clothes until you get to the core of who you are. And then you're like, why didn't I do this before? Because the, the light is shining so bright from within. And it was always there. It was just covered. And we allowed that. We are like in so much alignment right now because my <laughs> Instagram post today was almost exactly what you're saying. And I used the analogy of that I had taken a bunch of stuff from other people and crammed it in a closet and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed. And now I'm finally putting in the work. Um, and I was like, you know what it's like when you have this idea that you're going to take on this big project and you're like, it's going to be worth it. Well, I like, I'm at the point now where I've ripped everything out of my closet and I am realizing there is a ton of things in there that isn't they aren't mine they were never my style these aren't mine to begin with I want to give them back or this isn't who I am anymore this doesn't fit but among that I was like by the time I got to the back of the closet I was like oh my gosh there's all the good stuff I had it hidden like it was always there but I had to let it be masked or hidden or um smashed by all these other things that I had put in there And I'm kind of at the point right now where I'm like, I feel like my, you know, my brain or whatever, my bedroom of like where the closet is, is like a kind of everything's everywhere where you've like fully ripped out the closet. But I'm in the process of looking at everything, which is, takes a lot of bravery and courage to look at everything and try everything on and be like, this isn't my style anymore. This doesn't fit me. I'm never going to wear this. I don't want this. And then putting back in there what's good and what was worth keeping in the be- in the first place. And I think the other thing, a little bit of um, tender sadness for me in a way is like, you know, and putting back the closet to be like, wow, I only have like two sweaters. It's like, it would be like the analogy, but it's like, this is a really underdeveloped part of my life. It's like coming to the realization of like, okay, we're going to work on this section or like, oh, I, you know, I have one sock in here. I need to add more things, whatever it is. But it's like, ultimately, I'm, I'm depleted in some areas. And some things I have an abundance. And, and that's great. Like, that's really great. Because I think that I didn't think I had anything. So to know I have an abundance of some things feels really great. But I am still lacking in other areas. And that makes sense because 
I didn't shop for myself for so long. I didn't advocate for myself. I didn't take care of those things. I just kept shoving and stuffing in things on top of it. And so um, to me, that's part of the becoming is now finding out and figuring out what do I like? What does feel good? Um, Which is weird because some of that's a little painful too, because it's just like, if you were like, I'm going to work out. It's like, well, you know, it, it's a little rough. I'm going to learn to run, whatever it is. It's, it's a little painful at first. You don't know how much you're going to like it. Or maybe even if you're starting a new hobby of like trying to learn to paint or something, it, it doesn't come simple or easy at first. And you I know, think it's, that's it's the awkward, stage I'm at where it's, messy, it's hard, yes, it hurts. It's, it's not immediately fulfilling like food was, let me tell you. Well, that was an <laughs> easy thing to do, right? It was yeah. easy to, and so to build positivity, to actually create myself and mm. create this new identity that is always about keeping my eye on who I really am and checking with myself, does this make me feel whole? And some of that, um, I'm going to like pivot here for this analogy too, is letting other people come into my closet and take things out that are really personal to me. So that, that to me is like a boundary relationship where it's like, no, you can't borrow this because you don't give it back or you don't respect it. Or I get it back ruined in some way. It's like, it's me setting up a lot of boundaries to keep the things that are precious to me. Not everybody gets to come in. Right. And I think that comes back to part of the Bible too, where you have to guard your heart. Um, and that takes boundaries and guts to say like, no, you know what, you are not a healthy person for me or, you know, I know that we're related or we've been friends for a long time or whatever it might be, but you know, you make me not be the truest version of myself. You make me sacrifice things that I'm not willing to do anymore. And that's going to be uncomfortable, but I have to do those things too, because I don't want to abandon myself anymore. Well, yeah. And I, what I love that you're talking about so eloquently is that you're honoring the process of saying goodbye to that old you and there's a it's a bittersweetness because you know you were comfortable with her you knew her very well you know she's been through a lot of your journey with you and now she was a survivor she is she's a fighter she's a survivor she kept walking she kept showing up you know she was kind and caring all of the things that you are because you're still her but you're like yeah (laughs) 2.0 you know what i mean And, but, but you, but I think honoring the process of that, because it's a, it's a, it's a grieving process. It's a loss of something. And yes, that is it. Yes. And as you're building and as you're transforming, yes, you're, you're learning and relearning. And it's almost like when you're a teenager and you're learning, well, I like that this boundary is okay. This one's not. And you're becoming, you know, 2.0, 3.0, whatever version it is, because you're always going to be transforming and getting into the best version of yourself. But honoring that grief process and that loss and making sure that the closure of that is done in a healthy way is so important so that when you do start to fly off as the butterfly that you are becoming, there's no need to go back because you've had closure with that and, and she's okay. Like that old yeah. you is okay. I think even hearing what you just said, it's like when people say the right thing that touches something that you're like man, that's been a little bit on fire. That's a little like um, sore. And then you say something and it makes it all better. So it's like, I don't think I did that as a teenager, honestly. I don't think I did evolve. I don't think I had versions of myself. I think at that point, I was already so toxically poisoned to try to be anything that anybody wanted me to be. I didn't let myself go through that stage. So just even hearing that is like, 
oh, well, that's how I got here. Or like, oh, well, that's why I feel so bad. Or, oh, that's why I feel so weird to go through it now. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's, there's like lessons in life that we have to I didn't learn them. Yeah, well, and, and there's lessons that all of us never learn. And you're going to, I always tell my husband, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> I always tell my husband, you're going to go around the same mountain until you conquer the lesson. And when yes. you conquer that lesson, yes, you celebrate and you honor that win. But guess what? Around the corner, there's another one. <laughs> so it's always an evolving process. And so yeah. mastering the journey, I think, is key because we're always in a grieving process. We're always losing parts of ourselves in different seasons as we evolve and become. And the mm -hmm. key is, like you said, to master it at the level we're at when we're there. And if we're not, like what you're doing now is so brave and so courageous because what you're doing is you're taking like two or three different seasons and you're doing all of the work now so that so you you're saying there's forward. a reason why I'm exhausted. Like I'm <laughs> super proud to be doing it. Um, one of the things you said was like the, you know, I know the stages of grief and I think that I'm often surprised because I don't think I was labeling it that even though I can label other things that, but I'm often surprised I wake up and today I feel angry and the next day I feel sad. And then the next day I feel empowered. And sometimes I'm like, why do I feel all these different things? But it really depends what I've picked up this week and what mm -hmm. I've worked on and how much I've thrown myself into it. And, um, well, I think it's also you know, what's coming up for you because sometimes when it's almost like, yeah. gold, you know, if you, if you yeah. know gold gets refined, the, the junk comes up to the top and you skim it off, but then it's heated and it's hot and it's boiling and bubbling. And guess what? That just produces more of the junk and it comes up and you skim it off until you're left with the purity of it. And so you never know what's, what's going to trigger you because sometimes there's things yeah, that are I so don't. deeply hidden or trauma that our body's been carrying. And as you're losing weight and as you're getting healthy, even just like detoxing your body naturally with water and, you know, sweating and all of that, there are toxins that come out and you've got to deal with that and process it and get rid of it. And then, okay, now we can move on. And also I wanted to bring this up too, is that it is really healthy to be able to hold two opposite emotions at the same time. You can be joyful and angry. You can be extremely grateful and sad at the same time. Wow. And there's nothing Good. wrong with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like I often do and I'm like, okay, but this is all so and like new. And then I said, I was like saying to my husband the other day, I'm like, wow, you know, I have been through a lot in 17 months, like a lot, like of the whole thing that I've been through, like, it is insane what I've been able to do and accomplish. And I'm really going at a rapid pace here of, you know, taking years at a time of just like working hard. And I am really proud of that. Um, but it is, it's hard to like say it's exhausting because I'm not physically exhausted and I'm not unhappy to be doing it, but and it's just, it is a, it is a labor of love and it is for myself, but it is, uh, it is a lot. And it's the only word I can use to describe it. But, um, well, you think about it, saying, it took like, you years to get here life. though. It took you yeah, all these yeah. years to get here. It doesn't change. Doesn't happen overnight and transformation doesn't happen overnight. Yes. The weight comes off a little bit faster than it, than it took to put on, you know, and you carry it with you. Like I've been carrying weight for years and years. And then when you lose weight, it can happen in a month or two, let's say, but it took years to pack it on and you've been carrying it and you've been holding yep. it and comforting yep. it and whatever. Um, yep. so I, I have yeah. this book. 
um, which I have like not been brave enough to read yet, but um, I've read like around it and in, in a few things, but it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And I'm, I'm hmm. thinking maybe, but it's all about our traumas and how they're lodged in our body and how our body reflects that. And so when you had said about, uh, well, you're empathic, it's like, I didn't even know what that was. And that was something I discovered. And what I had read was that it's really only 20% of the population that is empathic. So on any given day, eight out of 10 people you come in contact with are not. So you feel like the weirdo, you know, you don't, it's like, um, if you're in a trading deck of cards, it's like, you're the ultra rare and every, you know what I mean? But for some reason in that scenario, you're the weirdo. That's what it feels like until you start meeting other empathic people. And so I am like a little sponge that just like absorbs everything. I just, everything feels extra. And I've talked with like my prayer minister about this and she's talked about how important it is to discharge these feelings and just kind of like lay them at the cross and give them to Jesus to not carry other people's burdens and things like that. Um, but I think that maybe that I feel uh, super intense, you know, and I'm willing to share these intense feelings and um, be honest about them. But, um, you know, sometimes when I am willing to feel those things and I'm willing to look at them, it's just a lot to to hold them because they're not just simple. I mean, they're very heavy and complex. And it's like, I'm, I have to kind of almost dig through this tangled ball of yarn to really get it out and be like, okay, this is, this is what I'm dealing with here. And I'm always willing to put the work in always. Yeah. No, but that's it, not, that's not the issue. It takes a while. It's the unraveling. My, I remember when I was learning who I am and I was coming out of my trauma season, um, so to speak, and I was learning how to be healthy and I didn't know, and it wasn't a gift to me when I discovered the empathy <laughs> when I discovered that, oh, I absorb my, my surroundings and people. And it didn't feel like a gift at first, even though I recognize that's what it is now. But, you know, my, my pastor, she told me at the time, this was years ago, I think like, goodness, like 15 years ago, she, I remember she had this painting in her office of a uh, vineyard, like a grapevine, and it was all tangled and twisted. And she said, it's sort of like that you have to unravel the vine without crushing the grapes. And oh, learning yeah. how to do that is so intricate and dimensional, but the process of learning that is key because there's strategies that you can use to like un not, uh, unburden. I was going to say it's, it, that's the, the uh, Scientology word, <laughs> but you really do unburden. Like you, you absorb yeah, no, and you're like a sponge you do. You do. and then you have to squeeze out so that you can absorb more and fill your cup and learning self-care, I think for me was huge. How, do you, do, do, how, how are you doing with self-care? Like, have you been able to identify what self-care is, how you can implement self-care? Um, I think for me, as I've uh, changed some of the things that I noticed, and you can kind of tell me if it is or it isn't, is I really do crave alone time now. I crave quiet time where just, still. Um, I, you know, I like to walk and that's healthy for me, but I notice now that like, I crave to be out in the forest or among trees. Like there's this lightness, this, um, it's like not even work to unburden. It's like the trees in the air do it for me sort of thing. And the Japanese have a term called Shinrin Yoku, where you go and it's called forest bathing, where it just like washes over, kind of takes that stuff out. Um, I like to sit in the bathtub now for not to wash, just to sit and soak and just like absorb. Um, just from what you're telling me, because I'm, I'm not, I don't live with you. I don't, you know, 
we're getting to know each other, so I don't know all of the ins and outs, but, but just because I can relate to the journey because I've walked it and listeners, you always know that I say you cannot give to someone else what you don't have and you can't have it if you haven't lived it and own it. And that's when you can give it away. So that's why I'm able to speak um, intimately and with authority because I've walked this journey. Um, but when you're, when you're in silence, you can actually hear your own thoughts to identify this is me, this is not me. And then you learn how to dismiss what's not you and embrace what is you. And if there's something that's you that you don't like, you can also work with that as well. But when you're in nature, there's oxygen, which physically sort of rejuvenates and regenerates you. And water is very, very healing and it releases a lot. And again, the oxygen in the water absorbs a lot of things that come out of your pores and your physical skin. So intuitively, you're doing things that empathic people need to do and incorporate, which is incredible because, and, and I think that speaks to also, you are trusting yourself more and more and more, which is courageous in and of itself just to trust yourself. Cause I mean, we don't trust ourselves naturally. It's something that is not um, taught really a lot in, in general and it's not intuitive. But when you're on this journey and you're already walking it and you can't stop walking it <laughs> because you, you're, you're past the point of no return almost, you're going to be who you're supposed to be in this world, not just for you, but for the people that are assigned to you and for the people that by watching and you, and you modeling for them, you're giving them permission to start their own journey and to say it is possible. And wow, if that's she can beautiful. do it, maybe I can do it too. That's because beautiful, that's yeah. Really the no, I, um, I guess this is kind of like a silly thing to say, but I, I have the guilty pleasure. I like to watch TLC and I like to watch that, you know, originally it was the 19 kids and counting and now it's like oh, yeah, counting yeah. on with the Duggars or whatever. But I always look at that Michelle Duggar and she's like, an, she's like, I just want to be an encouragement. I just want to encourage. I just want to encourage. Like she says it all the time. And it's like the tenderest, softest voice. And I'm like, isn't that like how everybody wants to feel like someone just wants to be tender and loved and kind to them and to just have encouragement given it's like I can remember like in third grade them talking about like make try to give out three warm fuzzies a day and it's like that stuck with me and it's always genuine mm -hmm. um but I I try to make a point of just being you know abundantly kind or giving a a stranger just like a, a generous comment that I'm thinking in my head but saying it outwards because it's just encouragement, you know, and I, I guess that's who I really want to be as a person, as an, an encourager. And for some people that an encourager with their weight loss and other people, it's just encouraging women in whatever situation or just really anyone. Um, but I think that's what resonates to me as a person is to be an encourager. And I think that's what I'm, I'm trying my best to, I love how you say that I intimately and, you know, experienced this and walked it. And so now you can speak on authority with it and you can own it. And well, that, and the thing is, is that I some have, point I can do that to help someone. Oh, absolutely. Because there's doors you, you walk through that you earn the key to. And so there's certain keys that I've earned that I know. And I'm like, yep, she's going towards that door. Okay. I know that hallway too. You know what? 
touch the crack on that door and you'll get this, you know, there's little intimate details that you know. And it's so funny because when I, so I grew up Jewish and I gave my life to, um, well, I didn't give my life to Christ. He sort of took it. (laughs) I sort of submitted. um, And I've never been there. I remember the first time I ever went to church, a woman said to me, well, it was, it was my third time, but um, the church that I was in for 10 years, she said to me, you have such an encouraging face. And it was the weirdest statement because I'd never heard anything like that. And I never forgot it. And what it did was it, it, it struck a chord in me because encouragement like is one of my gifts. And I am... I am an encourager. And the whole reason that I am so passionate about paying attention to others and to yourself is because it saves lives. It can save other people's lives and it can save your own life by paying attention, being aware, being mindful. But the way to get there is through encouragement and kindness because that can break through walls that nothing else can and there's such a lack of kindness in the world today and people are craving it they need it we thrive off of that that's like that's exactly what i'm saying is like to have seen that on a television show that i was like oh my god like if not saying i want to be one of 19 or whatever but just like imagine if that was your mother that she was just like constantly talking to you so kindly and encouragingly or just you had a best friend like that or a boss like um, and when I do have women in positions like that in my life now, it's like, I thrive, uh, or even men, but it's just, you know, I feel like it has, I've had the blessings now to be blessed with some women that are, um, have done the work and are sharing with me that are, um, em- not necessarily empathetic, but they're encouragers or they're, they are not afraid to tell you how beautiful your crown is so that it doesn't take away from theirs. Well, everybody's um, crown is different. So my ruby right. has nothing to do with your jasmine or your or right. emerald. And to and meet th- women that are willing to say that and do that is like, it's like a, my husband's reading a book on uh, like a people factor and the synergy that you can have with people. And I think when you meet another empath or you meet someone that is willing to encourage or is a fan of what you're doing or believes in it, it's like there's this synergy that, that comes along rather than a lot of the experiences that I had in the past, which was like, I don't relate to this person. I don't, I shouldn't, this person steals joy from me. They run all over me. And, and I don't even know that those people necessarily knew it. If that makes any sense. It's like, I can't even sometimes hold them accountable because they, they're so far into their own level of um, destruction. That, Everyone's walking their own journey. And yeah. You know, and it's like, they're not even aware. And, and, you have to be the person that you need to be in the season for you to be able to accept certain things. So for example, I had to become a certain type of person within myself, even to allow myself to give the permission to accept certain types of people in my life. I couldn't handle certain types of people, good people, because I was so damaged. And until I was able to, you know, heal some of those broken pieces and develop into more of who I'm becoming, I would have damaged that relationship. And so like when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And so I when just, you're- I, You just <laughs> make me smile because I'm like, 
I heard myself saying those words today. Like I am giving myself permission, mm-hmm. permission. And I'm like, when have I ever done that? Like, well, who thinks about I, that? Who thinks about giving yourself permission? You have to decide to give yourself permission, but who thinks about that? Well, and it's, you know, in some of the therapy work that I've done before, it's like you've given your power away. And when, mm. when you take it back, then you're setting the rules for yourself. You're giving permission to yourself. And I really love how you say that because, you know, these could be valuable and good relationships. However, uh, if like right now where you're like, they're going to take too much or they're too toxic right now, or I'm too damaged, waiting till those like balance out, you know, and maybe some people are never going to be able to have that, or you can do certain things with them that doesn't steal your energy, but other things are off limits. And that's the part of like, truly what the word means of like negotiating of like, you know, not like compromise, but like, trying to feel things out, like what works for me, what doesn't and negotiating, oh, this is a little too far. Now I feel bad. Uh, this works, this doesn't, but that's all part of kind of figuring out my boundaries of who I am as a person of, um, and that, that grows every day. And I think like, I don't, I don't want to stop that growth prematurely. It's like, I've, I'm seeing more than buds. I'm seeing you know, flowering and blooming and whatnot, but there's more growth to be had and I'm here for it. And I think that um, almost like not expecting a finish line is kind of the thing that we're, I'm thinking about. And you're like, you had said that before about, you know, adjusting and uh, shedding old layers, old parts of yourself dying off, like just knowing that there is no set point, trying to not get set to know that there is going to constantly be evolution. And that's exciting to me now um, to just know that I'm always going to be trying to work towards that point of what, where's me at my happiest? Where's me at my wholeness? You know, what, what is living the best authentic life? Because I wasted a lot of years not doing it. And because, um, I avoided and I numbed, I, I just, I heard this thing today from this Instagram uh, post. And I, I was like, okay, that was a punch across the face. So she says, uh, it's the empowered therapist, by the way. And she says, what if what we call pain is actually avoidance? And what if what we actually call healing is pain? And I'm like, oh, wow, that really hurt because that's right. Like when I really had pain, I ate or I distracted or I would go do something or I'd let the TV wash over me or whatever. Um, but now when I'm actually working through the healing process, now I feel pain. And that seems weird. Like it sounds counterproductive, but it's not because, you know, if you think after surgery, you're tender, you're hard. And sometimes I want to go really hard and think, why am I still feeling like this? And it's like, well, if you'd give yourself six weeks to recover from X, Y, Z, it's like, you know, girl, you just did a lot of surgery on yourself. You need to be patient. Like give yourself Um, some grace there. (laughs) Yeah. That's never been my thing to be gentle or, you know what I mean? I've been super critical and that's a part that I'm applying, but I thought like, wow, like you're right. I, I've always been practicing avoidance of pain, not ever sitting in my feelings and really working on them and looking at them so I can finally heal and grow and move forward. And, um, that's where it's at right now for me. And, um, yeah, the only way forward is through, but you have to, right. Yeah. There's no way around. You have to go through and with, with pain and with discovery and with healing, Sometimes you can do it by yourself. 
more than often you need someone to sit with you in that space and either guide you or encourage you or hold you um, just so that you know that you're safe, you know, but the only way out is through, but then you go in through another door and you go through again. And, you know, I, I love what you said. It's, ne it's a never ending journey. As long as we're here on earth breathing, there is always another level of dimension we can go to. Cause even if you get to your, you know, your wholeness and you've reached the peak, you know, of perfection that you are striving for, guess what? That's when you start to serve. And that brings a whole nother layer. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I picture myself as being like, uh, you know, sub like, what am I looking at? Subcutaneous or whatever, you know, or, you know, I'm just, I am trying to come to the surface um, because I'm not even climbing yet is how I feel. Like, I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, and I said subcutaneous, like the skin, I mean, it could be any of those analogies or, you know, you're, you know, you're submerged in water and you're, you're breaching the surface, whatever. But I, I'm not at that part of growth yet. I'm just trying to come out of the darkness. Well, That's you're starting really to the breathe. journey right now. You're starting to breathe again, you know? Yes, I would say so. And, um, but some parts are still uncovered and that's what I'm saying. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, it's almost like I planted a bunch of different things and they're, they're popping up at different, uh, points here, but it is this moment too. Like I was out the other night and I was, um, I can't jog for a super long time, but I can jog for about five minutes now. And I was, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a little trot while I was running, I was actually running like running as in like a hit, you know, of uh, just going fast, seeing how fast I could go. Cause really I want to try to race my kids and, and smoke them, you know, where they don't see me <laughs> that I can, um, but I want to be athletic, you know, I want to be able to like play the things and do stuff I want to do. But I, I was like running and it was like this moment where I remembered being a kid at the track and my dad was like, you have such a beautiful stride. You're such a good runner. And I don't you know why that thought came in I hadn't thought about it for years and I was just like I am really reconnecting with who I'm supposed to be you know this is huge it's like because that might have always been a part of myself that I liked or that I was supposed to be you know and um that I suppressed or I pushed away or I numbed through food and kind of made it that I couldn't do it anymore so it's it's moments like that that keep me as like an anchor or encouragement to see what's coming up because yeah. I couldn't possibly guess all the good things that are going to happen well, you probably be overwhelmed like too. I think that there's, there's yeah. a gift in being buried and not knowing what's blooming, you know, and when we're deep in that dark soil and we're <laughs> screaming because we think we're dying and why are you burying me? But you're actually planted. So being that you planted, bloom. I know. But we can get overwhelmed, you know, because it's an overwhelming process just walking it out. And so I know for me, I'm always like, and other people always saw great things for me. And I was always like, don't tell me, let me just walk it out. Cause it was just too overwhelming for me. And I would self-sabotage and I knew mm. that about myself. So until I could be strong enough to not want to do that, then I was just like, let me just walk it out. Don't, don't, don't you pray for me. Don't tell me, just <laughs> let me walk it out and let, let me get there because That's if awesome. I get the win, that means I own it and no one can take it away from me, you know? Yeah, there are so many things that I reflect back on where I'm like, man, I used to be so, so, so hard for me. And now it's natural. But then like just something like tonight when I went to the grocery store and I picked healthy, good things, but it wasn't easy and I have to fight it sometimes. And I'm like, I still got the win, but it's not natural for me yet. And so it's like, you know, almost putting it may that never be natural like, though. Yeah, it may never but be for natural. me to always like, 
I always buy healthy or I always stay on plan. Things like that, I will self-sabotage. It's like, I can't, I have to be careful how I say it. And it's like, today I'm going to buy healthy things for myself. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, kind of takes the pressure off of it. Whereas other things are much easier, much more natural. But it's like, just knowing that I want to buy good things for myself is what I try to focus on to be like, I, see, I care about myself now. I care to feed and myself. That's the things. win. That's the win. And then you make the choice moment by moment. I take it. Listen, people would say, you know, take it day by day. And I would say, no, I can't do that. I have to take it hour by hour. And before that it was minute by minute. I had to make a choice every single minute to be grateful, to want to keep walking that path. And then it became a habit and then it became a routine and then it became part of who I am because you retrain your brain and literally yeah. physically every 10 years, literally down to the microcellular level, every 10 years, you are a completely different person. Our body regenerates at the cellular level, every organ, every part of us at the cellular level, every 10 years, we are literally a completely new person which is incredible. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, um, one of the last things I wanted to share with you was just how you had talked about the butterfly part. And I listened to your podcast on that and the struggle and just how vital the struggle is. And I've been thinking a lot about how, like even in um, the winter time, when you're, when you're slipping and you can't get any traction, you really need friction uh, you know, when you're trying to build muscle, you have to first rip it down. And in the book that I'm reading, the, the Untamed by Glennon Doyle, she's like, you know, we have to do deconstruction has to happen before construction or reconstruction. And uh, we have to uncover to recover. And it was like moments that I was like, okay, so in some areas, I took it down to the nub and, I, you know, or whatever. In other areas, I've been trying to build a life on stuff that really isn't like, I'm going to have to demo this um because the foundation is not ready to go yet or I took some stuff out or you know that's great but I'm realizing like that's the work right now is really the this part of pushing and how you talked about like just getting the strength into your your wings and um no one can do it for you no one can walk it for you and it's like but I really am taking the time to uncover and uh deconstruct or demo I, I picture myself as like demo days or like one of those hdtv shows where i'm like we're taking this sledgehammer in today she's coming in um, like a wrecking ball <laughs> and yeah and i think you know what nobody everybody has this grand idea yeah. um, if you've ever talked to anybody who remodels their home they're like oh we're doing a remodel or whatever and it always takes way longer than they think more it's expensive dustier, it's unpleasant all of it and at the end, they were so happy, but the in-between time from demo day, which is excitement day, and then the in-between is like, is hard work. It's a lot of waiting <laughs> and a lot of patience, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, that's who I am right now. I'm a house on HGTV that, you know, will have an ending at the end that I'm proud of that's custom to me and, and what I want. Um, but, you know, everybody has to go through this. And I think when you take out some of it, like as it being super personal, it's like, um, you know, even if I hadn't had trauma. It's, like, it's okay to reinvent yourself. It's okay to do things that aren't working for you to find out and, and deconstruct something. And I think if you're a human being, you're probably taking on people's other ideas and concepts. And just it's important for anybody to to look at what they're believing or what their mindsets are, or you know, and and evaluate those things. But um, you know, for me, I think I just had a little bit more, a little bit older of a house that had a little bit more surprises in it, you know, and that's okay. 
and I know God will use that in my journey to help, you know, other people and, and whatnot, but I, I, you know, just keeping the eyes on the prize that at some point it, it's going to materialize to something that I can start to see the framing coming out and I can see, Oh, today the cabinets are coming in or whatever, where you get excited for those things again. So yeah, and everybody has their own journey, but not everybody does the work. Not everybody chooses to do that. And so I just want to make sure that you honor your process and give yourself the credit and the self-care that you are worthy of because it takes courage and not everybody does it. There are people in the graveyard who did not do the work, who did not go on that journey. And so honor that about yourself and celebrate that, that you're even on the journey, even if you fail you're on the journey and that in and of itself. I feel that way. And if that's not coming across, I, I mean, I feel that way. I'm like, I, I cannot believe the, the work I've done. I can't believe that I said I want to be an active person and I am. I can't believe what it took for me to get there. I can't believe how I'm wearing a cheetah print dress right now. And I'm like, that's okay with me. And you're like, sharing clothes with your daughter. Yes. And to be brave and I mean, there's so much that I did that I planted that I'm reaping now in, you know, in my harvest that I am so proud of um, that I never thought I could have. And, and that does create gratitude, you know, for sure. Um, I think sometimes it's just uh, because you don't know the exact way. I'm always like, oh man, I am stuck. But, you know, I'm That's not stuck. Trust that, in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm definitely um, never going to be the person or haven't been so far to be great with patience. And so, you know, a lot of what you've been talking about is time. You know, there's a lot of time and I listened to, uh, I've listened to Joyce Meyer for years and she's like, you know, when people, you know, everybody wants to grow, everybody wants to grow, but nobody wants to do the work. And then when they do it, they find out it's hard. And she's like, well, here we, we plant. And then we reap. And then in the time frame, maybe there is time. And she's like, but the Bible doesn't tell it to you like that. She's like, there's planting and there's time and there's time. And, and there's more time and, and more time and time. And then finally you get to reap. Yes. Yeah. And just the way she said it was like, there's so much time. And it's like, and in between there is where, you know, where you're like, I'm in the dark. What's going on? You know, any of that. And um, the more I think we go through those cycles, the more um, accustomed to, oh, okay, I'm being planted this time, or oh, I remember I went through this before, and you can draw upon that for inspiration, and I think as I've had these victories over the 17 months, as I go into the next phase and the next journey of that, I'll be able to draw upon those to be like, this got worked out, you used to be this kind of person, but now you're doing this, you can do this, you know, this is going to work out for you. Well, you're also um, learning to find joy in the process, and joy in the journey, and joy in just this new place that you are and then it's like all right well i know what's coming it's going to be messy it's going to be hard i don't know where it's going i don't know what it's going to be like but at least i know i can make it because i'm strong enough you know and it's going to be beautiful in the end and it's yeah. going to be worth it because i'm the one who has to live in it and be in it and i you know it's it's like this gem or this value that like I swear I never saw I never saw the value of myself I always looked at the devalue and it's like somehow all the value is like so just in my face now and I'm like you have to take care of yourself not because you have to but I want to and you're going to do this for yourself because that'll make you feel good and it's like this this like nurturing and this love that I've never experienced that I'm like I 
want to do good by myself. And it, it it's, it's, I don't want to say addictive, but it's really feel good and it's really healing. And, um, well, it's reinforcing just, that right it, there is a victory. Cause I just, I never would have thought that I had those thoughts towards myself. It, it, well, you it, didn't it, have them before. Like, Where's this? No, <laughs> my whole life. It's like up until like two weeks ago where I'm like, Who, what? Wait, I like myself. Like, I really like, okay. I wouldn't have to lose another pound and I would really like myself. It's like, yeah, girl, like, you and it's know, truthful. Like, you know, it's genuine and it's yeah. truthful. And that's the power of it is when it's true. I absolutely love that. We could talk for hours. We've been already talking for an hour, but as we're closing, what is like the core thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? Like the main thing that you really want them to walk away from, from this um, episode with? Whatever your past was, um, whatever was holding up, whatever happened to you before, you don't have to accept it. You can dream for yourself. Um, you can start to love yourself at any stage, no matter where you're at. And um, just never stop putting in the work for yourself because you're worth it. And it's, it might take a while, um, but it'll happen. And when you do see yourself, it's all worth it. I love that because it is worth it. The journey's worth it. You're worth it. Listeners, as you know, I always say, keep walking, always keep walking because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny. You will reach your destination. You will discover the joy that is within you, the peace, the love, the self-acceptance, the self-trust, all of those things that you were dreaming about before and you forgot that you were dreaming about them and you buried them, they're still there and you can still tap into them as long as you keep walking. And that is the beauty of life and the journey back to yourself it almost. It's like a journey back to your true core of who you are. And there's so much beauty and there's so much worth and so much value to discover from within. And Rebecca, I'm just so grateful that you show up the way that you do because you really are like a light that gives other people permission to start the journey, to continue the journey, to just be like, you know, she's doing it, I can do it too. And to be encouraged, you know, I can get there too. If she did it, I can do it. If she can get there, I can get there because I saw where she came from. So you know what? I'm going to take one more step today. I can do it. Come on, you know? And I love that because- <laughs> there's so much more of that needed in the world. So thank you for showing up. I'm so grateful you were coming. You came, agreed to come on the podcast. I'm so, so super stoked that we're connected because now you're not going to get rid of me. <laughs> no, you, I, I love hearing your words. I totally do. Um, you know, I just, I thought of one last thing that, you know, when you clean the inside of the cup, the outside becomes clean too. And I think like putting that out there is like, you know, discovering, working out those insides will reflect on the outside. And I think that's what you're doing for your listeners is just really helping them to organize their insides or to create things that um, in their mind that are going to help them to connect that eventually will reflect on the outside of their life in some way that is changing them. So I'm so grateful for what you do. Oh, that is so kind of you to say. I appreciate it. My dogs are having a 
having a, a bark fest right now, <laughs> which tells me it's time to go. But listeners, I'm so glad you hung in. I know you got value. I know. Rewind the episode. Re-listen to the gems. There's so many good wisdom nuggets in this episode. So much encouragement. Keep this one, like save it to your phone for those days when you need it. And as I always say, keep walking, always keep walking. And on the journey, always, always choose gratitude. Thank you.